0: You are now listening. You are now listening. You are now listening to the Black Male Educators Alliance podcast.
1: Lifting our voices.
2: Lifting our voices. Lifting our voices. I am Michael Payne, co-host of the BMA podcast, Lifting Our Voices. This is a new docu-series documenting the everyday lives of Black male educators across the country. In order for us to increase the number of Black men in classrooms, we need to see ourselves in this profession team traveled out to Arizona where we first had an opportunity to visit the classroom of Mr. James Clark, a high school teacher at Maya High School. Only 4% of Arizona teachers are black, even less are black men. Only 3.1% of male teachers in Arizona are black. Arizona ranks 48th out of 51 according to WalletHub who looked at 32 different metrics including evaluation of standardized test scores, dropout rates, and graduation rates to attempt to give a holistic view of the state's education system. Despite the struggles of the state's educational system, we find Mr. Clark's classroom to be exciting, innovative, and inspiring to its students. We asked Mr. Clark how he got into education, to observe the different paths that many of our brothers take to get into the classroom. Welcome back, welcome back to a special edition of the BMEA podcast, Lifting Our Voices, we are here live in Arizona Arizona, with the great, uh, honorable Dr. Curtis go, L. Lewis. Had to bring it back for my <laughs> here guy. We go, here we go. Um, and I'm Michael Payne for the news, and we have a special guest today. He is our first blackmail educator in our new docu-series, of The Blackmail Educator Experience. Uh, Mr. James Clark, how you doing?
1: I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Thank you guys for allowing me to be uh, on
2: here today. No, thank you for having us, man. And uh, we were... We were here earlier to just witness his class, and it was, uh, you know, just amazing to see. So, I'm going to let him talk a little bit more about that. Um, but first, you know, tell the audience about yourself, and then also, how did you get into education?
1: Uh, I said, my name is James. Uh, I'm originally from Chicago. Uh, I, uh, you know, I've never done this before. Do I look at the camera, or? You look I mean, wherever you want to Perfect. Man. I just, relaxed, right? yeah. Yeah. just relax. Perfect. Yeah, Perfect. Yeah. And it's recorded, so they yeah. edit yeah. all yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. So, yeah. They may not
0: edit that either. We're going to no, be wrong. Good. all good. I mean, good. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm cool <laughs> with that. I'm cool with that. I'm originally from Chicago Born and raised, uh, lived there until I was 12. Uh, then I moved to Milwaukee Wisconsin and uh, went to high school there. Then after I left um, when I was in Milwaukee I discovered I had a skill to play basketball so I played basketball in high school and I would played Division one uh, basketball in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then after that uh, I coached Division one at Montana State where I played and then uh, my wife and I in 2006 we moved out here. And I came out here and I was a basketball trainer for a good four, five, six years, just strictly training kids.
2: Maya High School is an alternative school in Glendale, Arizona. Its student population is over 67% Hispanic or Latino. In the U.S., roughly half a million students were enrolled in alternative schools in 2014. The number of students in alternative schools have grown moderately over the past 15 years. With upticks in enrollment, following new national mandates regarding standardized testing and graduation rates. Black, Hispanic, and low-income students are overrepresented in alternative schools. Black students making up only 16% of students nationally, but 20% of students in alternative schools. Hispanic and low-income students are similarly overrepresented. Oftentimes in districts, alternative schools receive fewer resources than regular schools. We asked Mr. Clark what his experience has been working in an alternative
1: school uh since i've been teaching uh every school i've worked at has been uh, an alternative school okay um i love it you get a little bit more freedom
2: um, and for the audience can you tell them like what's a little bit different from an alternative school than maybe a traditional one
1: uh well uh, a district basically you belong to a traditional school you belong to a school district mm-hmm. uh, we get a little bit more funding from the government and the charter school is more of a business uh, they're owned by some schools like this school is in a community of like 16 other schools um, sometimes it could be a charter school and it's just ran by one person but more, more so charter schools are, are for profit uh, and, and you just get a little bit of freedom of what you want to teach gotcha. that's why I'm allowed to get away with the, that's why we allowed to get away with some of the things that we teach here at Maya.
2: Mr. Clark teaches a personal finance and a youth entrepreneur class that offers students an opportunity to learn useful career skills. Clark uses a currency in the class to incentivize student participation, attendance, and achievement. Students in the youth entrepreneur class are given real money to participate in activities like market day and auctions at the end of each class. Approximately 65% of children entering primary school today will end up with jobs that do not currently exist. Entrepreneurship education involves activities that foster entrepreneurial mindsets, attitudes, and skills that cover diverse areas such as business idea development, startup, project management, technology, and financial management. 21st century skills are an integral part of entrepreneurship education. It fosters innovation, creativity, adaptability, leadership skills, collaboration, communication, and critical thinking. Mr. Carr's class offers students a unique experience that they would not have otherwise been able to experience in their traditional settings.
1: The youth entrepreneur class is really unique in a way that um, it's not a traditional uh, class in terms of there's books, you know, there's uh, there's no books, there's no tests. Everything is an activity. Mm -hmm. Uh, So what you guys saw today was the um, it's called think outside the box, where I give put the kids in a group, I give each uh, group a puzzle, but what they don't know is that that puzzle is mixed with other puzzles. That other students have and then they start putting their puzzle together and then they realize that they're missing pieces and then they have to go out there and communicate with the other groups to get what they want and they can either trade with them or they can uh, exchange what we call ye dollars we have a fiat currency in the classroom where the kids are allowed to trade pieces so you can hear kids say hey let me get that piece and i give you two dollars for it and then you'll see them switch and then make a trade in the point of the op the activities to get the kids to realize that out in the real life you got to work with other people and and there's a give-give in every uh, relationship. And um, it's a really, really cool class. It's it's, uh, funded by the Koch brothers who are back in um, Wichita, Kansas. Uh, When I first discovered this, it was about eight years ago. They invited all the teachers from Arizona and throughout the country that have this program. Uh, They invited us to Wichita, Kansas for like five days. It's an inner city schools and they just go in and they give you the curriculum and then they actually fund the classroom too. So there's something called a market day where the kids are allowed to set up a pop-up business uh, here in our cafeteria and they have to go through the cost of goods. They do the EOUs and then they ask for it. Then they pitch their idea to me and I give them a loan and then they go out there and spend the money and then whatever money they make, there's a keep. And uh, this time there was a st- there was a kid a little funny little Mexican kid uh, you can tell he's done this before uh, We saw, uh, he sold like Mexican style candies and uh, he made his loan was for maybe 120 bucks and I think he his revenue well, his profit was 220. So he walked out of here on one day with $220. And then you could just see the smiles. Say, it was really cool. Yeah. So that's why I like Y.E. is by far the best class that I teach. And then also, uh, I teach personal finance. This is my first year teaching that, mm. But it's something that I always study outside of the, uh, the classroom. And just giving the kids the opportunity to hear from somebody that's actually doing it. And they, I show them my portfolio. I show them all the little stock trades that I make. I don't, I don't say trades because I don't trade. It's just my investments that I do. And you should see them, man. They were like, man, anybody can do this. if you're 18, I got about 15 kids walking around here with, with Robin Hood apps on their phones. Yeah. So it's really cool.
2: So I think that's I think that's a necessary skill that Absolutely. people are overlooking because we're in this digital world where everything is on a card. Like understanding how to budget starts with understanding how much you have, and how much you're giving up, Absolutely. how much you have left. You know, so that it was really great to see that.
0: Um no, nah, nah, man, so I, I wanna sort of break something up a little because, you know, James and I go back. Way, way back. We go, we go way back. We grew up in Chicago together. We used to uh, we before we got on live uh, we started talking about we used to play in the band together. Uh, we will do a beat for y'all right now, but we're not gonna do that. <laughs> but so man, yeah, we go too. back, man. We, we were we were young ones, um, but there's a mentality that I think. Uh, and when I walked in here and I was talking to you, you said something, and like I was like, man, you know, I've been teaching all of them, like man, you don't get a break. And what did you say to me?
1: I said, uh, I'm I'm trying to maximize the amount of money that I can make. I've read in the book where if a person needs to make extra more bucks, uh, look in your current job and see what you can do there to make extra money. And I had a prep and I don't prep that much anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so I said, let me take this class. And um, I actually went into the principal and I said, I think it'd be great if we can do, you know, to give the kids personal finance. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he said, awesome, there's a, a little board game underneath called Cash Flow. Uh, that game uh, is my guys, you guys, might he wrote a book called Rich Dad, Poor Dad, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Robert, uh, Robert Kiyosaki. So the the game came before the book, and then the book, uh, obviously the book came after the game, but it's like Monopoly on Steroids. Mm-hmm. It basically teaches um, the game, the kids about the game. Uh, it's stocks, investments, uh, real estate, cash flow, uh, rat race, all terms that the kids that what they won't hear about, they get to hear about in this game. And yeah. The kids eat it up. It's, it's really, I, I tell people all the time. I, I mean, I even know I'm a, I tell the kids I'm a teacher, but I'm not a teacher. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, I'm not a mathematician. There's people on this campus that are way better than, than me at math. I mean, when I need help, I go run next door. And say, hey, can you explain this for me real quick? But what I have the ability to, to do is be relatable. Uh, I can come here and I share everything that I do with the kids. I mean, everything that I do outside of the school, when I was going through a situation with my wife going through a little separation, the kids knew about it. Uh, I mean, I mean, like, like they know everything. I want them to be like, oh, that's Mr. Clark. I'm the same as I would be in the classroom that I'm out of the classroom. So what I like to do is when I'm outside the classroom is talk about finances. So I like to bring that inside of the classroom. And I have this little model. You guys saw it. Uh, it's a little mindset. I start the class off. I say, what's the lesson of the day? And everybody repeat and never learn how to quit. And then we count. I say, one, two, three. And everybody go, I love myself. I love myself. I love myself. And I think those two things right there Anybody can win. In life. I mean, you can never quit and love yourself. There's a lot of things you can get through.
2: Clark talked about the skills he has learned growing up in Chicago and how it has made him a great educator.
0: Man, what? So, man, this is good. This is great. Um, I, I was going to ask you, what? Did you, where does this passion come from?
1: I mean, from Chicago, bro. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I mean, I mean, <clears throat> I mean I'm, like my family right now is going through some hard, you know, some hard, some hard stuff. I just. I read in a book, I love love reading, and it said the leader's job is to get the followers to realize what their future would be if they continue doing what they're doing right now. When I was a little kid, I just had the innate ability to realize what poverty was. And I knew me in Chicago, uh, that was poverty. And I remember when I was 14 years old, um, I was at South Division, it was in the summer, Basketball season's over with, and it was AAU season time. And our teacher said, "Hey James, there's a team that's looking for a couple basketball players, and we're gonna uh, sing you and Leon to go play with them." And I was like, "Cool." So the first day we went, we got a ride. It was like 45 minutes from our uh, from from uh, from where I live. So uh, I went, and it was one of the best experiences I've ever experienced. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, "Oh man!" And they was like, "You know what? We're gonna invite you guys again." But however, I didn't get a ride. The ride. So it was. Car ride was 45 minutes, so it took me maybe like an hour and 45 minutes to get on the bike to drive to this practice. And then when I went to this practice, they started to like me a little bit. And I went to these, I went to their house, and this dude told me something that changed my life. That man said, uh, "You can't tell me from Chicago." They say, "Hey, make yourself at home." <laughs> okay, so my uh, my uh, my buddy that I was with, he's like my brother's name is Leon. Uh, he's more, he he grew up. I grew up poor, poor. He grew up poor. I grew up poor, poor, he grew up poor, so he had a little bit more manners than I did. <laughs> and so we were going to these people's houses and they would say, hey, make yourself at home. And I mean, I wake up in the middle of the night going in the refrigerator and doing what I do. And then one day I just woke up, these they live in amazing house and I asked to do, I said, What do you uh me being Chicago? I said, What do you guys sell? You gotta sell drugs? He's like, No, James, we don't sell drugs. The difference between me and your parents is that we think differently. And he never and that was it. And then uh, and I and, and I just, when I got older, I just fell in love with reading. And that's where the reading, the passion come in at now. That's, I just want to share with everybody. But I've always been a, um, you call a dog, in terms of, like, knowing what I want and, and going after it. I just believe in God, and I believe that in due time, I get what I want. And if I don't get what I want, at least I would die doing what I was trying to, I would die doing what I, was, what I wanted to do,
2: if that makes sense what I'm trying to say. It makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I think that passion and drive, um, is important for our our kids, like you said, these kids here who may be coming from similar situations of just adversity, mm-hmm. right? Where you have to have a little bit more just to get just as far as the rest of the people. But that passing motivation—once you get past that—can lead them into success. And I and I truly believe that also in this space where we're we're talking about alternative schools, whatever whatever reason the kids are here, and whatever their social economic status is, like the the key components that they would have missed. And just going to Algebra 2 or going to Geometry is like, how do I become successful? How do I take my, move my family financially in this different direction? And then also, like you were saying, a lot of the skills they're learning in here, right? Mm-hmm. Like the, when you were telling, hey, man, I'm not going to give this up to you. You need to figure out how you're going to get it. Like mm-hmm. those skills, those 21st century skills, in my, in my opinion, like how do you hustle? How do you survive? How do you push? Right. And then that mindset, like you were saying earlier, of being successful by any means. Is, uh, I think it's one of the more important things for kids to learn before they get on their own as adults.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of hard because education in itself uh, is opposite from life because in, in the school setting, you get punished for failing. Mm. But in real life, you actually don't get punished. For, uh, I'm going to say you, get, you don't get punished, but you don't get held back. You get to try again, you get to try again, and then you get to try again. And uh, school is, 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 a, is, a, is a little bit different. And also school is a little bit different too. I was just saying, saying this with a whole bunch of other teachers that in school, we, we want the kids to grow and get better. But at the same time, the educators are not growing. Mm. You know, when when I go to the, you know, you like, like you want a kid to get better at something. And then you literally ask yourself, what is something that you are personally getting better at? And, uh, and kids, kids, kids can sense when a teacher is a phony and, um, and I don't want to be that guy. So when I when I read something, I'm reading it so I can come to share it. Yeah, yeah. I
2: think I think that just in here for an hour and a half, that exudes off of you like the the relationship you have, but the authenticity the authenticity that teachers need to have, or people need to have to build real relationships, but also for them to trust you. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean, because I think there's a level of trust you gotta have when you push. Kids beyond their comfort zone, or even beyond—like, let's oh, come. Kids in here were struggling with English. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But you—that didn't feel like a barrier at mm-hmm. all. You no. know what I mean? And I think that's a—that's a, a credit to you in the relationship that you've built in here, and then also just being your your authentic self at all times. And that's one of the things that we talk. One of the things we talk about all the time with—I uh, my phone was dead. With um. With teachers is like building authentic relationships. And then how you're, who you are, is almost as important as what you teach. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because if you're, like you just said, if you're not getting better, if you're you as a person is not, gro- is not growing, not taking care of yourself, that's going to come out in the classroom, mm-hmm. and the kids are going to suffer just like you're suffering. Mm-hmm. So I, 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 think that that's a valuable piece that I think a lot of people still kind of like overlook when it comes to the, I think the important characteristics of a, of an educator.
0: You know, I've been staring at this thing This quote up here behind you Tell me a little bit about You what, know
1: what, a kid of I, I, I put that up there uh, But but I force a smile Knowing my ambitions for our ways uh, I match my talent. I got a couple kids in here that like to put quotes on the board, uh, and there's one right there. I, matter of fact, I seen I seen that quote from somewhere, and mm. he came in the next day to put it up. Just so I, I yeah, never know. yeah, I couldn't I couldn't tell you too much about it. That the, the kid that uh, that kids just put it up, and I just try not to uh, interfere with, it, as long as it's not uh,
0: yeah.
1: inappropriate. I just let them go to work on the
0: wall. I like it. Do they, like, get to, when they put it up, do they, is that time to talk about it? Or mm-hmm. you just have them, like, if something comes and speaks to you in your spirit, just come yeah, with
1: it. Yeah, they got, everybody has a marker. Because this is that. a, this is a, basically, the tables are whiteboards. And people get to write on the tables and then they write on the walls uh, as
0: well. Mm-hmm. What would you say would be something, um like, the one thing um, that you have learned as a, younger person younger version of yourself that you feel like is influencing how you engage with the kids here. people
1: skills uh, you got to get you, uh, people skills is number one I mean everywhere you go there's, there's a person uh, go to a restaurant there's a person uh, I just try to get everybody to have people skills I always say uh, if you ever walk into a room and you can tell when somebody's a bit ba- like when somebody's in a bad mood without them saying a word like yeah how can you tell Whether well, their energy well people can tell if you don't like them People can tell if you walk around that I don't like people. If you got the attitude that I don't like people, most likely you won't have what you want in life because nobody's going to give it to you. Because you don't like people, because you don't like people, nobody's going to like you. Like People are reaction. If I smack you in the face, most likely you're going to smack me back. You know? If I smile at you, most likely you're going to smile at me back. I, I, I control how you're going to respond to me. Mm.
2: Right, so right.
1: that's what I say people skills is. I teach people skills.
2: Now, I wish we could teach people skills when it comes to like teacher development too. I've noticed that I think it's overlooked, um, but when I've coached teachers, a lot of the work that I, I was trying to help them with were like personality issues, mm-hmm. like the issues you were having with kids. And I'm gonna talk about that too with you. The issues that some of them having kids, especially with our, our black and brown children, where were, were their personality issues? Mm-hmm. Whether they were like passive aggressive or they were indirect or they were closed off, things like that. So I think that you brought up a really good point. Like that's the, the, not only is that important for kids to know, but I think it's also important to be an effective educator is to be well with people in, in a way um, that you can grow, draw them closer. Um, but how has, um, you know, obviously there's not a lot of black male um, teachers in the country, much less, you know, mm-hmm. Arizona. Um, and your school is predominantly Hispanic and Latino. Mm-hmm. Um, how has that experience been as a black man in this space for you,
1: uh, to be honest with you, I think being black is a superpower. I mean, uh, everywhere I've been, uh, I've been the—I uh, mean, ever since I left Chicago and Milwaukee, uh, I've been surrounded by everybody. And uh, this is funny, but I think everybody wants a black friend. Um, um, everybody wants to know a cool black person. I don't care what it may be, uh, and I—I uh, I use it to my advantage. Everywhere I go, I know that I know deep down inside everybody wants a black friend. Mm. And what I do, uh, I treat everybody like you're my friend. Mm. So, I mean, I treat all the, like, what up? You know, I don't talk. I mean, that's like, that's the way that I do it. Um, here, it's a huge, in teaching, it's a huge advantage. Uh, I mean, first, you're black. They're not used to seeing it. You're a male and you're black. They're not used to seeing that you're black, you're male, and you dress. You come in with three-piece suits. You you read books. So it's 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 like a uh, it's like a it's like a unicorn almost. And it's it's a for me it's marketing. It's it's, it's uh, it, it, it is my marketing. Uh, it's my discipline. Mm. So when I walk in, they know I'm about business. I don't even have to say anything; they can just tell by the way that I dress.
2: We lastly wanted to check in on Mister Clark's. Mental health and wellness, and hear him speak about how he manages both those things through the burden of being an educator.
1: That's a great question, and this is a podcast, so I got to keep this PG thirteen. So what I do? Uh, I love the golf. Yeah, I love the golf. Uh, I love to read. Uh, I love to put puzzles together. Um, totally different from you know growing up in Chicago. Uh, but those are the things I like to do And uh, I'm selfish in, in, in terms of those things uh, I need those things So I don't let too many things uh, Get out of the way uh, of that um, But I always tell all the teachers Make sure you take care of yourself You know what I'm saying well, you know, What is your self-care You know uh, Hopefully it's a healthy self-care mm-hmm. um, But everybody Because teaching will, uh, you know, burn out, yeah. Yeah, will Burn you out Yeah it will burn you out quick. I've been doing it for 11 years. I said I wasn't going to do it past 10. Uh, I'm going to give myself about three or four years. And uh, have you guys ever seen the movie Shawshank Redemption? Mm-hmm. So I'm, uh, what's uh, what's the white guy name in Shawshank Redemption? Is it uh, Andy?
0: <laughs> yeah. Is it Andy? A- yeah, Andy. No, no, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Andy Dupree. I think that's his name.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so my analogy, I tell the kids this. I even tell the principal this. So when I'm done with you guys right now, I'm about to go uh, – Go home and the, the analogy of Andy start chipping away at that little hole in the wall, mm-hmm. so that one day when I leave that hole, so literally I tell my kids and my principal this: one day when I'm supposed to show up, I'm not gonna be here. Hmm. You guys are gonna come back like, damn, where you go? All these years I've been digging a hole in the wall. So I what I teach to the kids about having a business on the side and going out there and being making passive income. That's what I do. And my mm-hmm. goal one day is to. Get out of teaching and not have a nine to five, and come back and only teach Y E to the kids. So that's um, that's dope. So so that's so so that's what I'm gonna do. Yeah, I know you guys are here to uh, highlight black educators, and I think education need more black educators. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's a benefit. I was just telling my wife I should have should have stayed in sixth grade. I think I could have. The, the younger you catch them, I think the better chance that you have with them. Uh, but unfortunately, I'm not in that grade anymore. Uh, but I'm going to do my part, and when I'm done, I'm done. Yeah. And, uh, and I think a lot of people should do it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I, I appreciate you um, allowing us to come all the way here to Arizona. I appreciate you guys coming. I'm you know, setting this up, man. We want to, you know, we do a lot of our work in Michigan and across other parts of the country, Midwest and East Coast, but we want to bring it west to check my, mm-hmm. my long childhood friend out. We, again, <clears throat> go back. We would leave the podcast with a song that we've sung in the band. Yeah. But I mean we played in the band In the band But I don't Too many songs Yeah too You know he used to Can't Touch This Remember that Can't Touch This Yeah He played the sharp Okay He was good Stop playing games Stop playing games Hey man Come on man But yeah I know you wanted to show up
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, sure, Curtis. That. You see yeah, that? Man. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Nobody make knew that. Sure you had proof.
0: Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because I know what he told me when I when we came back in contact with each other. I was like, you play basketball.
1: Uh, yeah, little yeah, short yeah. dude. Look, yeah. look, that's a little ball hair from Chicago. Yeah, right, man. yeah, you know, man. Look at God you. God bless. God bless. I appreciate you appreciate you. appreciate and you. And man, calming, and my appreciate
2: you. Honestly, man, like this this area, um, obviously not a lot of black males, but you are doing the work out here. We are proud of you. We are, you know, you're doing God's work. And whatever we can do to support support the other black men in this in this in this region, we want to because ideally we want to be able to to impact education in this country as a as a whole. So you know, once again, thank you for joining us. Uh, This has been another episode of the BMEA podcast live from Arizona. Um, Stay tuned for more episodes coming up in the the future. Um, But I am Mr. Payne. That is Dr. L Lewis, and uh, we'll see you next week.
0: Side town west side. You are now listening to to the Black Male Educators Alliance podcast. Lifting our voices.
1: Lifting our voices. Lifting our voices.